Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics. Today, my special guest is Mr. Jesse Larnigan. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk about uh, a new title that's coming up uh, that we certainly want to make sure everybody knows about. I know uh, we're waiting to see if PornSec joins us, but if not, I think we're going to have a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah. He was he was traveling yesterday, so I'm not sure, sure if he'll be here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me uh, on. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a blast having you on. Um, uh, Eisner nominated, so I mean that's always yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty a little a little weird, a little bit of a surprise uh, to to be nominated for this book. Kind of thought no one would read. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of a, a book I made for myself, and then somehow it got in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, can you walk us through the title and, and walk us through kind of how this story came about? Yeah, so um, Man's Best is is coming out uh, in March uh, from Boom Studios, uh, and it's you know it's it's animals in space. It's, it's <laughs> you know it's it's homeward bound and like, uh, but with this sort of like sci fi element of uh, two dogs and a cat, and they're trying to to get back to their owners. Uh, and it's, it's really about like, you know, these three animals and the, the, the friendships and the hardships that they go through, um, on their way, on their journey, basically through these like weird alien worlds. Um, and in terms of it coming together, like, uh, Pornsec had the initial idea and, um, he was talking to Boom and Boom actually reached out to me, uh, because they thought, uh, I'd be like, a potentially good fit <laughs> for it uh and and it was sort of like it felt like kind of like this perfect thing because i feel like i've kind of got these facets to like my drawing where i'm like yeah i draw like this but i also like i like the idea of like cute stuff and animals and sort of like you know if you look at my instagram it's a lot of that stuff but that doesn't necessarily like get into my comics like you know like victorian soldiers with hamburger heads <laughs> uh, i don't get to draw much and but within this i i get that opportunity so it was, it was a lot of appeal of that and like porn sex a great writer you know i loved like the good asian and i feel like uh infidel and the stuff he, the stuff he's done uh it's like always oh, interesting it's thought-provoking it's taking on interesting issues yeah. And and then this one's like kind of like a, a little bit of a screwball from him. <laughs> I feel like it's it's like very different. I mean, it has some of the same same elements, but it's like a much lighter tone, uh, much more sort of like a almost like a romp at times. Yeah. Uh, a lot of action and adventure, um, and it, it's been a lot of fun to work on. Wow. So, do you think it was your Instagram uh, that was the selling point for Boom Studios as you were going yeah. through? Your like, I think we got the right guy for this title. <laughs> Maybe I don't know Eric Harburn, uh, who is, is a great editor. Uh, yeah, he just like reached out to me and thought I'd be a good fit. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know like why people choose me for things or think I'd be a good fit for things. Um, but uh, I'm happy when they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it, I think, yeah, I think it was that like, you know, I, I feel like I had probably shown like an ability to do sci-fi and fantasy and like sort of this stuff, but like not, I think there's some artists like you don't want to see them draw three animals, yeah. like, like three cute animals having an adventure. Like they may be great artists, but you're like, yeah, that, that's not really their wheelhouse. Um, and so I think I was like, maybe this like in between fit. I kind of feel that's like my career is like, I'm sort of in between everything. Like not really this, not really that. Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I think it was partially like some of the, you know, comic book work I'd done and then maybe the Instagram stuff. Yeah. No, on man's best, right? It, the, Earth, if I remember correctly, just kind of looking um, up about Man's Best and what it was about, it, it really follows Earth is kind of dying and these animals are searching for another planet to bring their owners to save them. Is that correct or is that not correct? No, there's they're, they're, they're on like a, a trip 
uh, sort of with their owner on this sort of scientific experiment. Oh, gotcha. Um, you know, and, and things aren't aren't great on Earth, but the they're they're just traveling with their owner, and then there's a, a crash, um, and you know their their owner, the scientist is gone, the the captain of the ship's gone, everybody's gone. It's just them alone on this alien world, this strange alien world. Um, and sort of them like figuring out how that world works, how, to, and how to get back to, back to their people. Yeah. Uh, and so it's sort of this adventure, you know, going across these, these different landscapes. Awesome. Um, yeah. It, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun, you know, like it's in terms of like comics, like it's sort of just like, I, I feel most of the comics I've done, like you sort of like come back to a setting or something. And with this, it's like, no, like, like that, that section is moved on. Like that section's moved on, that section's moved on. And so it's like a lot of, I feel like every issue, there's like new, new motifs and new ideas yeah. coming forward. Um, and, uh, and like the, then you get sort of like, you know, into the complexity of the characters, their sort of personalities and stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> now, um, as from an artist standpoint, right, when, when you look at like a writer, um, well, you could take Pornsec for instance, right? You have the good Asian, which is this mm -hmm. kind of detective noir um, set in the 1930s, very serious uh, topics that are being yeah. covered through there, very important topics that are being covered mm -hmm. um, through that comic book. And then you have man's best, like to your point, which is a lot lighter, um, mm -hmm probably he's touching in an area in his experience as a writer that might be kind of nice to be in this little pocket for a little while because of the seriousness of some of the yeah. titles that have come out from an artist standpoint, you work with Mike um, and uh, you know, also, also kind of within that superhero realm, mm -hmm. but I think a little bit more serious tone than something like this. Do you have that same feeling when you're going from a title in one genre to another from an artistic standpoint as a writer would trying to tell the story in different genres? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, it's Pornstack would probably answer his, how he feels better than, than I would. I guess I, I feel like it, it is like a shift it is and it isn't like it's it's sort of weird like it's it's something that i feel like when i'm getting like really up in my my head about things about like artistic things i think about like you know like how how to visually signal that like tone shift you know like that like uh, it shouldn't be drawn the way miss truesdale was you know with and so like and like what are the elements that should be tweaked, you know, to, to convey this idea. And so I think about that sort of thing. I, I don't know that anyone will look at it though and think it's drawn any differently. You know what I mean? Like, it's like in yeah. my, uh, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing like these like gymnastics in my head. Um, but it, it's sort of like leaning like a little more cartoony. Although I think everyone's gonna look at it and be like, he's drawing the exact same way he draws all the time. <laughs> but like a little more cartoony, like, uh a little lighter uh i don't know how to this like 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 the color palettes are much brighter um you know things like that because i'm doing the, the colors too and so it is this sort of like shifting of ideas and, and it's sort of like this idea of like how do you like visually signify like tone and sort of like i don't know that gets into like all sorts of weird territories like i feel like like Dragon Ball Z, like you just, you look at like a single image of Dragon Ball Z and it, it tells you like, like this is, it's this kind of story. You just look at it and, and you know, and, and it, it tells you so much at a glance. Like, you know, it tells you like, okay, this is like going to be a lot of fun. It's not going to be very like scary or anything like that, but it also tells you, it's like, yeah, this is fantasy. Like, this isn't the past. This isn't the future. This is Dragon Ball Z time. And, and so I think about like, how do you put that in one image? This, all these like sort of things that tell a reader like what they're looking at. And so with, with like man's best, it was something like that I sort of considered, but it's also then like helped by the fact that like, 
you know, porn sex is writing the script and it's like, well, this is what I have to represent. And so like, um, but yeah, it's definitely something I, I consider and think about like that way of conveying what a comic is about with like how it's drawn. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I could get in my own head about, you know, um, and stuff, but like sort of like, you know, the the opening sequence, like establishing that this, they're, you know, they're fighting this robot and making like, okay, this robot needs to say a lot about what the, what they might see later. And so it's like a clownish looking robot. It's like, this is not like a scary mecha. Like this is kind of a cute, mecca and so that tells you like okay this story is going to be going in this direction um yeah and so there was like definitely like thinking about that and so there's like just sort of things i wouldn't draw like you know and sort of maybe ways of showing things that i wouldn't use like in with working with mike mignola yeah. um and like in some ways like sort of working with mike mignola is is a little easier because like aesthetically there's so much that's been done that sort of like informs it even though like i feel like the art across the hellboy universe is it's quite diverse like he, a lot of different styles like you know and like you look at guy davis yes yeah. you so look at mike mignola and it's just like i i i can see why these guys would like each other yeah. but like you know they're very different but still there's like this sort of like unifying sort of aesthetic i feel and so with this that that doesn't exist <laughs> you know it needs to needs to be created and figured out and stuff uh, so yeah that's part of like the fun of like just sort of doing something where there's you can sort of where everybody's jumping on with issue one like <laughs> you know uh, do you find uh in your experience do you is it something you enjoy more working with uh, a Mike Mignola on a title with so many years where you can go back and you do some research and you could really understand the character as opposed to creating something brand new, or is it more challenging, a little bit more fun doing something that hasn't done before and having to world build and all those other things that obviously you don't have as much of a chance, although with the titles mm -hmm. that you did with Mike, you did. Um, yeah. But there are some differences, right? I mean, how do you approach both of those? Or is it the same way? Um, no, I think it's definitely different. Like, there's... And I guess there's sort of, like, these, like, two... I guess I would say almost, like, equal challenges of, like, you know, like, in, in drawing something in the Hellboy universe, like, you need to actually do, like, research, like, within the Hellboy universe of, like, you know oh, he's, he's drawn Thor before. Like, like there, there's the way that, that Thor looks in the Hellboy universe. And so you need to, like, you can't just make it up. And and so, like, there's, like, that's a little bit of work, like, this little bit of, like, visual research you get to do and check it. And, like, I feel with Hellboy especially, like, there are fans, too, who would be like, yeah, you I'll got it wrong. Know. Like, 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 <laughs> like that, that's not the way it's supposed to look. Um, <laughs> or, you know, that's that's not what you know hyperborean weaponry looks like um you know like sort of things like that and th that can be a challenge of like where if it's just creating on your own it's a sword you know you just just draw a sword it's it's fine while with like creating it on your own you have to like come up with these ideas and like come up with sort of i don't know this weird sort of way of like how things work you know like uh the the mech suit it's you know, I have to figure out how a cat in a mech suit like moves, like how to draw it from different perspectives, all of those sorts of things. And that's like another challenge, you know, like, so there's like these two sort of different differing things. And I think both of them like can be challenging. Both of them can be fun in a way, like having, having a design you can look at a lot easier, but you also have to get it right. Like, and then, creating something in a way is harder, but it's like, well, you can't get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know? And so, um, so to me, it's sort of like an equal thing. Um, I think your preference one over the other, um, in your experience or probably just making it up, uh, is probably where I, I lean. Cause like, you know, there's no, 
there's no rules and sort of liking them like my kind of my favorite thing is just sort of drawing and seeing where a drawing goes which no comic works that way like you, you don't you can't just be like you know if you're sitting doodling and drawing a picture you'd be like maybe this guy has horns and you draw horns and it's like comics he, no this character does not have horns you know like these characters look the way they look um but so i think i like you know being able to just sort of make stuff up and figure stuff out a little bit more um i think within comics there's like a looseness to to being on model sort of that's that's good for me like the idea like for me the hardest things to draw are the like like bugs bunny is impossible to draw because bugs bunny only looks like bugs bunny if he's drawn like exactly like bugs bunny and mickey mouse only really looks like mickey mouse if he's drawn that exact way and so to me i have like zero interest in like conforming that much and so i'm i'm happy in like comics that there's this you know flexibility it's like superman but you just need to get a few elements uh and it looks right um yeah. you know uh but like yeah i like the sort of being able to to make it up as i go along um it, it feels a little like there's a little bit less anxiety i think for me i think for some people like having to make it up can be very intimidating um, but but for me, I'm just like, oh, they, you can't get it wrong. Um, and I guess I like that aspect. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, from from an artist standpoint, that relationship between writer and artist is so important. Mm -hmm. um, at least in my experience as a reader of comic books, right? I you could tell sometimes when maybe the artist is on a different page than the writer, right? As right. You're, yeah. You're like, eh, I'm not sure that that yeah a match right can you talk about how important that relationship is and then what kind of collaboration do you like between the writer and yourself when you are doing a comic book it's it's, it's sort of interesting i mean it's it's hopefully it's it's something like a, a friendship between the the two of you and and i think like like friendships like you know you have a friendship with Joe and it's different than your friendship with Elaine or whatever you know like you know there's there's different dynamics and it is always sort of like just like this period of figuring out like what the dynamic is and and how how people want to work and stuff or what works and what doesn't um and so like with like working with like Mike Mignola is pretty like hands off like he was just like i'll just you know wrote the script and send it to me and i read it and and he he really liked you know like the kind of storytelling i did and like he drew and stuff and so he thought he couldn't write that so he would just write like pages page 12 she goes down the river like <laughs> and, and that's it like like you figure it out like that's that's all on you does that and, make it harder for you, um, Jesse, when you get very little detail? <laughs> do you like having a little more detail? Or do you like that thing to be able to figure out what he wants to do with just that she's going down a river type thing? Um, I, if, if it could be intimidating, but it's also like, I guess he thinks I can do it. So yeah. like, you know, like, confidence, right? um, it's like also a confidence boost and it's, it's showing like a certain amount of like trust. And and then like you know there's other writers where it's like six panels like you know like all the dialogues numbered everything like that um and and that's that's fine too generally like when that happens i'm like i might change things or add some panels remove some panels and and i don't think i don't think any writer will complain if you add a panel like like <laughs> like um i was talking uh with with van jensen I did Arca with and and he was talking about like yeah I'll only get angry if I write like five panels and the artist just decides it's a splash page because like they just want to make, draw something like that looks cool and and that's something I'm probably never going to do like I'm, I'm always more panels um and so working with with Pornsec it was sort of like in between you know like I would say like the she goes down the river is like one end and like everything very detailed is the other. And 
with porn tech, there were some pages where it was more explicit, and then there were some pages where it was was less explicit. Um, and yeah, we 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 sort of talked regularly, you know, like or have been talking, still are talking regularly throughout the process, you know, sort of every couple of weeks, just like checking in and stuff. Um, but it is like. I don't know it is sort of a weird process i feel like you know like he's in he's in california i'm in i'm in pennsylvania like you know and and it's not like i i don't know like i think there's this like imagined like closeness but it's like yeah really i'm just sitting alone in my room you know drawing all day uh like and then i send it along and it's like i don't know i guess i always had that imaginary marvel bullpen That apparently never existed uh of just like you know like back and forth right and like and it's like no no like it's like there is back and forth but it's 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 not like i'm gonna text him being like you know panel five on page 12 he'd be like what why are you texting me it's like 8 a.m um so it it's sort of like it's collaborative but also solo at the same time yeah i mean I wonder, I guess, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, that's just the world that we live in. But I, I'm wondering if it would make things easier if there was that bullpen kind of environment where you can go back and forth. Or do you think that maybe Yeah. that's Uh, a little much? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, like it's, it's, you know, nothing I've, I've experienced. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like, I guess what it, the bullpen thing is like, it sounds nice. It sounds like, you know, like a, a clubhouse where they're just having fun and stuff, but I don't, what I've learned is like, apparently it didn't exist. Like Yeah, exactly. John Bashema Yeah. <laughs> worked Yeah, exactly. from Yeah. home, Yeah. Yeah. like standing you know, Jack, yeah, over the like desk Jack Kirby and wasn't there. drawing. John Yeah. Bashema wasn't there. Like, you know, it was, you know, letters and maybe some anchors. Um, and, and so like, I, I, I like to think that it would be like a good thing because you'd be seeing like, you see another artist doing something and you're like, Oh, that's cool. And that leads you to a new idea or something. Um, but maybe we have the same thing now, like, you know, like with, with everything, like, you know, I can, I can see something that like Wes Craig has drawn um, and like, Oh, he posted it five minutes ago. And so I, I can see it and have it inspire me. And maybe, maybe it has that a similar quality now, except we're all silent and alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and separated by thousands of miles. Uh, <laughs> Outside of that, we're really close, though, right? yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think this is sort of off the subject, but for me, like just personally, like I went from being like a, a, a teacher and sort of like talking to lots of people every day, like for a long time. And like to now it's just like, I see my wife and my child uh, and, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, so, but Yeah. yeah. Do you miss teaching? Um, I miss aspects of it. Um, I, I, and I, I guess I miss, I miss aspects of like going to work and having a job and like seeing your coworkers and stuff. And like, I, I take comics seriously, like, uh, which with teaching, you could just have a bad day and it's like, eh, try again tomorrow. Like, like, but like, I feel like with comics, like, it's like, no, I'm going to get this right. And there's sort of this like level of care. And I sort of miss like the, like, I don't know, coffee and donuts aspect of having a job. And like, you know, like also like with, with teaching, like interaction, you know, where, students have questions or whatever and like it leads to this sort of engagement and stimulus response sort of aspect while drawing right now is me sitting at a desk with with something in my ear um whether it's music or a podcast or a tv show um that sort of stuff um but it but it is sort of an isolated thing um which coming out of the pandemic i think we're all <laughs> We're all, We've all we're experienced all adjusting it to to that. a certain degree. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> Where, what did you teach, uh, Jesse? Was it? uh, I taught uh, ESL. Uh, so um, I worked at a private school in, in outside of Boston um, and taught, you know, uh, people from Brazil, Japan, uh, Korea, kind of all over.
um, just sort of English classes. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> maybe not Jesse. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it gets sort of, you know, it was like a private English language school. So, so it's it's not like it doesn't have the challenges of say like a public school teacher has, which, you know, like sounds really hard um, now, especially um, because of just the way everything's changed. Um, you know, and so in some ways it's easier, you're meeting people from all over the world, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but also, I don't know <laughs> what I really like to do is draw. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I would be doing during like breaks and stuff. And so to to have the opportunity now to sort of be able to draw like every day and have it be my job is is better. Yeah, for uh, sure. For, for me. Uh, now, has when did this passion for drawing start in your life? Is it a very young age? Did it come through comic books or did comic books come later because of your passion for drawing? Like, how did that all work out? Um. I don't know. I, I I think like it it sort of was always there. Like you know, as a, as a kid, um, I loved drawing and stuff. Um, I didn't really get into comic books until sort of maybe like mid high school or so. Um, you know, like I, I grew up in for the most part rural Vermont, and like comic books just weren't around. You know, like you had to know where the shop was and like. I remember like a friend like like giving me like directions on paper like of how to get to the comic book shop in Barry, Vermont. Uh, and it's like uh, <laughs> funny on paper. I actually had to write down the directions. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm old, so you know. Oh so my! I, I remember yeah, directions so like that. Yeah, like and it's like yeah, you have to like turn left at the Chinese restaurant and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like past the yellow building. Um, and so like having to find like this comic book shop and like, you know, getting into to comics then. And then, I don't know, it's sort of always just been sort of something that, that stuck around. And uh, I feel like in maybe like the last like 10 years, like it feels like it's, I don't know, just steadily grown and grown. Like, I feel like I was into comics and wanted to make comics, um, but like, didn't get, I don't know. I always feel like I'm just beginning to get serious. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, but it, it feels like, like in terms of like really like working and like building skills and stuff, I feel like that started in the earnest maybe like 10 years ago. Um, I think other people would disagree. My parents would say no, and probably my friends would disagree as well. But um, yeah, I, I feel like sort of that, like really devoting the time uh, that's sort of necessary to, to have the skills probably started maybe like 10 years ago. I mean, I that's probably not true. I mean, <laughs> my first graphic novel was published 17 years ago. So I'm not sure if that's, that's yeah. an accurate statement. But, I think you've been um, doing it pretty well for a while there, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of, you know, it started with liking to draw and then, you know, like discovering like Todd McFarlane and stuff. And with like Todd McFarlane and like, you know, all those, those 90s superstars, it was like I'd previously felt like I had this idea of what comics were of like this sort of like Jack Kirby, John Bishema look, and then see this like, oh, these are really different. And it's not even necessarily like that the artist I was looking at was groundbreaking. It was just like, no, comic books have moved a lot from what you thought they were. Um, and so like those, those, that sort of art is what like got me into the comic book shop. And then like pretty quickly moving pretty indie like you know like dan klaus and uh peter bag a baggy um uh and sort of like some of the like more like fanographic stuff you know drawn in quarterly and those those sorts of books and chris ware was a a big big influence um and got me like really sort of like 
thinking about like, I don't know, panels and stuff and like how, how a comic could work and how a page can work. Um, and then, and then I feel like sort of since that time, I like go back and forth between being like really into like more obscure stuff where I'm like, Oh, wow, this is so like unique and like weird and idiosyncratic. And then like going back like to like more mainstream stuff, it just wavers back and forth. Um, Uh, which is where I, I feel I am somewhere, somewhere in the middle of not quite indie, not quite mainstream. Um, I think it's good to have your own unique style and your, your style of uh, drawing is unique, which I think is awesome. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, so you have, like, I, I know a lot of friends that are cover artists. Mm -hmm. They would certainly like to break into comics Um, but sequential art is so much different than drawing a steel image for a cover. Can you talk about what that transition was like in your experience? I assume when you started drawing, right, you're just drawing your favorite characters, or your own designs, but then to take that same character, put him in him and her in different positions. I mean, that, that seems like a really hard transition for a lot of artists. I don't know if maybe Yeah. I'm on that. No, I, I think I'm just reverse. Like, um, to me, a comic book page is way easier than a cover. Like, 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 um, you know, the more panels there are, the easier it is for me to sort of function and sort of the the challenge of a single image. I, I feel is much harder for me, you know, and it, it's like I, I don't I don't know why that is, but there there's just sort of this like. difference in in thinking and i think sort of because like because i moved sort of like quickly into like this more like indie mindset where like where like when i was like 20 like looking at like jim lee it, it's like oh god this is it's like eddie van halen guitar work and i like like i i i do not want to hear a guitar lead ever again in my life this is me when i was 20 i <laughs> yeah,
I look at artists and I can tell that, oh, they have a really easy time <laughs> with what I'm struggling with, but maybe their composition and panels, like they're, they're like struggling because they haven't obsessed on it. Like I have, uh, and I'm pretty obsessive. And so like, for me, like moving to like cover work and stuff like that, like I, I end up sort of thinking of it like a comic book page in order to like feel comfortable doing it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like a different way of, of thinking. Um, and it's, it's definitely a struggle. Like I, I, I used to have cover phobia. Um, and so like now that <laughs> I get asked, okay. occasionally, I, we like, should, we should trademark that. Yeah, job. Like I used to, <laughs> I, I used to hate it. Like I would like draw like, like pages and pages of comics and be like, Oh, I have to draw a cover. Like, how can I get out of like drawing a cover? Um, and so like now I've gotten better and like I get asked to do covers occasionally and stuff. And I'm always like, this is really weird. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, I think you have right. The, the original cover, we'll put a picture up on the, the screen, but I think you have cover a, and then you have some other artists that have done some other covers, right? So the, on issue number one, you have the three animals, the dog and the cat. Right. And kind of all looking up if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. And it, it's all paneled out. Uh, you know, like it, it has like 12 panels in it. Um, you cheated, Jesse, you cheated. I, to get I do. If, 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 if I, if I can put some panels on the cover, like, yeah. um, it, I just it, noticed it that now out. after you talking about panels, that there is panels on the cover. Yeah, oh, uh, every, so all, all the covers for man best, like I do sort of two covers is like, uh, a, a regular cover. And then there's like, a. I think it's one per store variant or something, which is kind of the same cover, but it's different. But all of them. The background, I think, was different on it. Yeah, though. the background yeah. shifts or the foreground shifts. Um, and so, like, all of them, yeah, have panels because I, it just, like, it gets into my weird, how my brain works of, like, if I put panels down, if I put a grid down, I feel comfortable. Um, and if, if, if it's not there, I'll feel a little like I'm just, like, floating. Um, but, yeah uh yeah we uh yeah there's a lot of cool covers um, yeah yeah they look uh, cool God, I, I i feel like i've seen them all out of order so i can't remember like <laughs> when they're which which issue gets what i think dustin nyan did one of the first issues yeah so we have trish Foster. yeah trish Foster trish one, yeah. has one um we have uh franny who has one yeah yeah you have two at least an issue one that's all i'm seeing so far there might be more though there might be more that are gonna come out as the as it, it gets like, closer to the foc exactly yeah like you said you have the i think it's the one in ten um yeah. variant and then obviously you have the cover a the main main cover yeah but I'm sure, you know, covers are such a big part of comic books now. Some of it, yeah. I, to be honest, as a fan, it's it's crazy. Like uh, some of the Disney Dynamite, which have been a lot of fun, right? They take it yeah. like uh, the Disney villains like Scar. But then mm -hmm. you get like Scar issue one, there's like 20 different <laughs> covers. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. a lot of covers, man. Who's collecting all of those? That's so expensive. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. that's like, I have the... I, I don't know, like, it, like uh, I was talking at like my local comic shop. And I was like, "Does it work?" And it's like, "Yes, yes, it does." <laughs> like, like, like uh, um, there are there are artists who guaranteed, like, if if they do a cover, I will order twelve copies of that book just because I know there are twelve people who buy that cover. Um, I think so the from ones the that standpoint, Jesse. I mean that I think that is kind of cool, right? That Although as a collector, you know, it's like a little much for me. I'm like, I think one or two, <laughs> maybe three is good, but 20, come on now. But yeah. on the other hand, right, if you're a, an aspiring artist in comics and you are able to get that first role as a cover artist, this yeah. is a great opportunity for you to get your art out there and you could build a yeah. following. And so I think from that aspect, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, anything that's, you know, giving artists more more work, I, I think is is good um you know like whether it's a bubble or not that's yeah you know and whether feeding into the bubble is good or bad i, I don't know um you know i i can barely follow a uh, business thing um <laughs> but like it's definitely like 
cool. Like, like some of the covers look really good, you know, like the, the ones that sort of like blow my mind are like the one in 500 covers. Um, and I, I guess the way that works is like one person just is like, okay, I'll buy like the 500, like whatever the comic shop doesn't sell, I will buy uh, to get that one cover. And, you know, if, that's what people want to do with their money. That's, yeah, that's, so. that's their choice. Um, exactly. If they're if they're not paying their bills for other things, um, then I think it's a problem. But if yeah, um, I don't know, that gets all into like the whole collector mentality, which is I feel it in myself. Like some weird thing is going on in my brain where I'm like, I need this. And it's like, why do you need it? Like, like what are you going to do with it when you have it? It's like. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah. in the box in my closet. Put it in the box, right? You know? Like that's what you're gonna do. How much money are you gonna spend for that thing you're gonna put in the box and not look at? Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it is kind of silly when you put it in that perspective. Because I am a collector and I do have quite. Oh, a bit I, I I know the exact same. Like there are things with like you know like music or whatever. Like like and even not things that are very expensive, but like oh, I love the Clash. So like I gotta have all the Clash albums, in including the last one, "Cut the Crap," which I'm never gonna listen to. Like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna listen to it because it's not very good. Like right. you know, and, and it's just like, why do you need it? It's like, oh, but if I don't have it, like CDs, or it's not. I'm, I'm missing one. It's like there's only six. Why don't you buy the last one? It's like, but you're not like like that like weird conflict or like. Um, like in a run, like within comics of like a run of Daredevil or something. And then there's like the fill-in issue, like with an artist and writer who are not in the run that you're interested in. It's like, do you buy it? It's like, ah, how can I, but, but I have 273, yeah. like, like 250 to 273. And I have 275 to 280. How can I not buy exactly. 274? Like, like there's no reason for you to buy it. You're not even gonna read it. You're gonna principle. <laughs> What's the what is the principle? Like I, like I don't understand. Like it's like some weird thing in my brain that is like you gotta buy it. I'm like why why? Um, so so I, I'm, I'm constantly in a conflict with my my collector self uh, on on those sorts of things. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have I have a major issue with it. Obviously, I collect a lot of figures, and it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when when McFarlane comes out with a new figure, right, I do have this torture that takes place as to whether I really need, you know, a, a thirty second Superman. You know what I yeah. mean? But this <laughs> Superman, he's more bulky. He comes with crypto, you know. So I'm like in my mind trying to figure out how to talk myself into it when I, I know at the end of the day, I really do want to get it. But then I also look and I have a lot of Superman. I'm not sure I need another one. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, I, I don't know, that that sort of like collector aspect. Like it, I, I find it like kind of an interesting thing of yeah. like, like say like like figures like say you like you you at one point start off with like a smaller amount of figures yeah at some point you were at like i don't know if all of some of these are from your childhood or not or are these did this begin i mean there's a few that not childhood but are pretty old but for the most part it's like in the last five years most right so at some point you bought like 10 yeah you know like there was some point you bought like 10 and it's like 10 not that many yeah. Like, like, like 11, <laughs> but then like, like you start hitting 30 or 40 or 50. And now it's like the thing you do. Yeah. It's like, like if you like have a Chewbacca and all of a sudden you have like 15 Chewbaccas, it's like, do you just buy all the Chewbaccas now? Like, like any, any Chewbacca you can get your hands on. Yeah. Like, like when does it stop? And like, you know, if it's not harming your life in any way, it's fine. I, I like, I just wonder what's going on in my brain when that happens with things where i'm like wait are you just buying this because it like like what's what is happening like um it's it's a mystery you know and like i think all of us can say like do you need another comic book it's like no i don't need another comic book like um but like you know there's that there's that desire to like i don't know have it there is, there is. I mean, it's it's a weird thing, but you know, I have my pull list every week. Mm -hmm. I, I will say though, I feel like 
over the last four or five years, I bet you 70% of what I purchase is all indie now. Just mm. because I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Batman. I love Green Lantern. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, I love Incredible Hulk. Like I have certain titles that will be in my pull box. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd like to think that it really doesn't matter who the artist is and who the writer is. I just love that character and I want to have mm -hmm. that. But I, the older I get, the more I, I really want really intriguing stories. Mm -hmm. And I just feel most of those stories are taking place in the indie world, which makes sense, right? Because you have yeah. that you have to follow. So there's a lot of rules around writing for action comics that you have mm -hmm. to kind of stay within um, mm -hmm. that, you know, you, you don't have that constraint when you're writing on the indie side, which that's why I think some of the awesome stories are taking place in indie. So I find myself yeah. on that side of comics now more so than on the, like the big two or even image sometimes. Yeah. So. I think, I think it's changed, you know, like I, I feel like for, for creators, you know, there, there's just other options now and, and, you know, to just financially, like, it's like, if, if you, if you're, you know, if you have the walking dead, like one Marvel and DC is probably not going to publish it. Um, you know, and they certainly wouldn't have at the time, you know, yeah. and also like you can make so much money, like, you know, like, and it's, and you can own it and you can control the way it's used, all of those sorts of things. And I, I just feel like creators are aware of that now and have that option. Um, you know, it's much more within reach than probably it's ever been before. Um, so yeah, I think indie is where the more interesting stuff happens and yeah. for a number of reasons, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I love this. Um and it's not new, but I feel like it's just getting bigger and bigger. But you know, all these amazing creators creating something that didn't exist before and then being able to own that IP, mm -hmm. um, I think is just tremendous. Um, and I could tell you, um, as a fan of comic books, it it, it is a little uh, tough when some of your favorite writers at DC are now going into any for that reason and more power. Yeah. But now <laughs> Batman, right. And Green Lantern don't have that same quality. I want to be careful because yeah. Adam's on Green Lantern. He's killing it. So, but uh, I, I mean, you see what I'm saying though, some of these great writers are now on the indie side. You're like, Oh no, what about DC and Marvel? I also, I also feel like it's going, it's starting to like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. like the, uh, Tamaki on Batman, like, like I, I feel like fifteen years ago that never would have happened. And like, and I really liked the run; it was a lot yeah. of fun. I enjoyed it. Like, uh, and and you have sort of like it feels like, like you have someone like Rom D who's doing like his own thing, but then he's also doing like Batman stuff too. And oh, it's it's yeah. sort of like. I don't know, I guess the best of both worlds. Um, it opens up a lot more opportunity for writers to be able to yeah. get some of those titles too. Whereas, you know, when I grew up, it would be the same writer for very long runs. So yeah, if yeah. was to get into, like, I, I would love to write a Superman. Well, <laughs> might not happen for a while. And because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen for a while, you not having very much writing experience, yeah, yeah. probably not going to beat whoever's in line for that title next right so right. it certainly opens it up a little bit which i think is awesome yeah um yeah it's, it's, uh, it's a weird time it's a cool time i think it is. Uh, i think comics right now is a great time I, I know there's a like in the media sometimes you know they're like there's a lot of negativity about where comics is going to go but i think those are normal transitions that every industry makes over time what yeah. i think we're seeing an explosion of is really on the indie side, which I'm really excited about. Um, I, I think DC and Marvel will always be fine um, just because they have, you know, some of the most popular characters in the world, but man, the indie side has just been so fun seeing the explosion of all these amazing titles. And mm -hmm. I just can't get enough. I, I don't know if yeah. you're the same way. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's sort of, I feel like it's it's kind of like as things progress, like just like people get better at things. Like, um, like I remember to bring it back to the Clash, like Joe Strummer talking about playing with the the Mescaleros, the band that he was in uh, up until his death, and they were all like twenty years younger than him, and and he was like, I can play guitar, that's it. Like all of them 
can play piano, can play guitar, can play bass, they can play trumpet as well. Like, and, and I feel like you're you're starting to see like writers and artists is like, no, they can do everything. Like, like, and they're young. They're like, they're like young. And like, you know, like if you look at some like like stuff on like web comics and stuff like that, it's like, wow, these people are doing things that are so cool. Um, and it's just like everything that's like come before is like, yep, they're they're taking it all in and they're making something new. And so I feel like there's a there's just a lot happening. Um, and if you, if you don't look at it just as like the comic book shop, but you look at like all of the things that are going on, I think it's, there's a lot of amazing stuff coming out right now. I agree. I agree. Now, coming back to man's best, is this going to be a, like a six part series or is this going to be an ongoing? Um, so it's right now it's, it's just a five issue series. Five issue. Um, yeah. And so it'll start coming out in March and be monthly. Um, and it's, it's possible, uh, that it could continue. I guess that, that depends on, you know, like how, how it does, like wh who it reaches and those sorts of things. Um, but like there's, this story is like a coherent, cohesive story. Um, but like, you know, the, there's there's the possibility for more afterwards, um, and so I, I I right now it's just a mini series. Yeah, yeah. So the FOC on that I wrote down is uh, the 26th of February, yeah. and then yeah. March 20th, I believe, is the the date that this will be in your local. Conference. Yeah, it'll it'll be yeah FOC February 26th. All these numbers I have to to memorize, <laughs> and it'll yeah be in stores March 20th. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's been cool like it's it's sort of like yeah, i'm working on issue four right now um and you know issue one's like done two and three uh i think are almost done like i'm done uh but like lettering and production and all that stuff uh is still going on um but yeah it's been been a lot of fun and it's it's exciting to see it coming out <laughs> and how long has this kind of been um worked on like how when you when you and porn set come together like when does this idea of man's best take place is this sometime like last year in the middle of the year and it took this long to get going or how does that work um i think i think we started talking about it in 2022 okay. um and um I, I think i think that's when we started talking about it because he and i he and i met in person at New York Comic Con in 2022. And so we'd been talking about it before then. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a long time, you know, and like, you know, there's like, you know, like initial sketches and stuff and then like contracts and whatever and like getting down to work and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been, I guess, I guess almost a year and a half now. Um, weird, weird to think about uh, <laughs> how long, how long things take. Uh, well, you both been pretty busy in between too, so trying to get yeah, yeah. Uh, schedules and everything right between you two. Yeah, schedules and like yeah, other other projects and things like that. Um, yeah, and I have a two year old, so that that takes up a lot of time. Uh, I think surprising. I don't know. You said you had children. One, F four, yeah, but they're four. all they're all eighteen. I don't, I, I don't understand how I'm like, I have one and maybe it's just that I'm way too old to be a dad, but <laughs> like, uh, I'm just like, I can't believe people have more than one child. Like, oh, you're uh, a girl, Jesse. it's a girl. Oh. Um, and yeah, so, and she's, I guess a two, two years, four months or something. Yeah. Uh, I forget five two, months. Two um, two, yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she will get so angry just be like no like like daddy does not go downstairs i'm like i have to go down the stairs it's like no like like this totally irrational like yeah. and then like you go downstairs and it's like don't don't come upstairs it's like i just am going to the refrigerator like <laughs> like like um and sort of like um yeah definitely definitely experiencing some of that um and also feels like we get like I'm popular one day uh, yeah. my wife is popular the next day uh, and the other person is the enemy 
<laughs> all of that fun stuff that you you remember from 20 years ago. Uh, and I, I, I had three girls weird. and one boy. And I, I could tell you my girls, I felt nothing's easy. So I don't I want to be careful when I use that word. But I felt the girls were a little easier until they hit around 11, 12. And then they switch and they to this day, they're not that easy. <laughs> my son, because usually, and this is, you know, not all the time, but boys have this hyperness that they just can never exhaust. And yeah. that lasts until like 12 or 13. And then they switch. And then like, sometimes I forget I have a son. I have to call him like, Hey, and I would talk to you in a couple of days. How you doing? Cause he's just <laughs> so simple. Does his own thing. Whereas yeah. my daughters, you know, they're all in their uh, late teens, early twenties. And I just feel like so much is going on constantly in their lives that they have to tell you about it. I just feel like I'm up to date automatically about everything that they do. And there's always a little <laughs> bit of drama that has uh, been built into that story to help. Uh, people. It's just, it's craziness, but uh, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's, yeah, it's fun uh, it's, and scary at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all coming, I guess. Coming. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it, how it goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, that, those are the funnest ages though, too, uh, to, you know, probably, I don't know. I love yeah, that. I mean, there's like, you know, like there's, there's all the frustrations, but then there's, you know, like her becoming a, like a person and doing her weird things and stuff like that. Um, that's just like the best. Um, you have her drawing already, Jesse? Uh, she'll do a little bit. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty aggressive. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like really like mashing it down, kind of destroying things. <laughs> um recently it's it's play-doh and legos um separately um that she is just like give her some play-doh and she'll just that's what she'll be doing yeah. for for an hour uh which is a nice change because it used to be like all activities were 15 minutes um and then and now she's sort of getting that like her brain's developing to the point where like an hour can go by with her just just playing that's that's got to be a relief on mom and dad a little bit like give me an hour instead of 15 minutes where oh oh yeah like the the <laughs> amount of of like panicked doing of things like 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 kind of like you know like putting lunch together in like a frenzy like like because you're like i have to do this like you know that's like calm down you're just like okay i'm gonna go make lunch and you can you know yeah, <laughs> put peanut butter on a piece of bread in a patient, normal manner. So, so, Very good, Jesse. Um, well, Jesse, um, is there anything else that you're working on that you want people to know, or is it man's best is really your only focus right now? Or yeah, right now, yeah, man's best is is kind of the main thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I got a Patreon where I put up a sort of more my own sort of solo stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just just my name, Jesse Lonergan. Um, and there's other things that haven't been announced. Like, I don't know, that's the thing. Like, you know, like I was talking about Man's Best with Pornsec two a year and a half ago. Um, and I'm talking about people with things now, but uh, <laughs> can't, can't say anything. Who knows if it will happen? Uh, that sort of, sort of stage of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm really excited for Man's Best. I think you're an amazing artist and obviously uh, Porn Sack's an incredible writer. So between yeah. both of you coming together, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, how can yeah. you go wrong with animals in a sci-fi <laughs> comic book? I think. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. and it's like, you know, good uh, story of friendship and adventure and stuff. So I think I hope people will like it. You never know. Um, but... Yeah, you never know, but I think it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, Jesse, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on today. It is a pleasure meeting you, fan yeah, of nice to meet you. I hope we could do it again when you uh, do get to a point where you have some other things that you're yeah, yeah. talking about. We'd love to have you come back and and share some of the things that you're working on. But in the meantime, right, we could go to Jesse Lonergan for uh, Patreon. Obviously, I think yeah. it's just your name in most social it's media. It's my name for everything. I, yeah. I, I I wasn't clever in any way. <laughs> just just my name. Uh, no no mystery. So yeah, yeah. If, you, if you type in my name, Instagram will probably be the first thing that comes up, and then. Um, but yeah, Patreon and I have a website under my name, everything. Um, 
just gotta learn how to spell Lonergan. Then yeah, there. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for joining me oh. today. I wish you uh, the very best. Have a great yeah. weekend. And yeah, you too. I'd like to do this again soon, okay? Great. All right. Thanks, okay. Jesse. Yeah. Bye-bye.